December. You know what the fuck it is. Aries and Andy, you and the jerk. You know it's time to get this work. The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being awoke. We discuss politics and jokes. We lick. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tits. Airy Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah! Run up and get touched up. Suicide. <laughs> and all of y'all know my style. Everybody was kung fu fighting. I finally did Tiger Belly. Yeah, I know that's fantastic. We've been, we've been, you've been at it for years. I've called a few people. Nothing. What was it called? East East meets West. East meets West. Is that the thing? What is? Yeah, but. Yeah, but it's your oh, no, you're in California, so it's east meets west. But you're from New York, so yeah, you're east so, and east. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, man. Fucking uh if you guys haven't seen it, check it out on YouTube. Finally got on Tiger Belly with my man Bobby Lee. Uh it was fucking awesome. Uh as I as I knew it would be, because we both like, you know, he's a drug, I'm a drug. You Did know. you squash the beef? That's what everybody wants to know. Yes, we squashed the dim sum, nigga. <laughs> Uh, dude, I'm telling you, I just, I don't know why I still get surprised, but I do at how stupid people are. Like when you read some of the comments in the comment section, just people are fucking idiots. They just hear what they want to hear, see what they want to see, take shit out of context or don't consider what was said contextually. And just it's, people, are, I'm like you sometimes when you go, man, I'm just, people are, I, I'm tired of people. You know, it, the, the reason I'm, I say that, and the reason you, you're getting this response, if you notice, there's so much information that people don't listen to everything. They just, you could have a whole, like someone could read three paragraphs and they'll pull a, a sentence that the person said, not understand that you needed the whole paragraph to understand what that sentence meant. Right. And they'll comment it like they got it. Right. And they base it off their own life experiences, not worried about whatever came from you or yeah. anyone else. And, and then they'll interpret that one sentence. And it's unfortunate because that's why we don't communicate well. And, you know, it's amazing because it's like you just, this shouldn't be a hard thing to digest, but you cannot no matter what. And you shouldn't try because it's just impossible. Can't please everybody. You know, even as I'm reading the comments, there were people bad. Bobby sucks. Why, well, why are you watching? They should get rid of his, his, the girl who's on there with him who used to be his girlfriend. Uh, that bitch sucks. Okay, Aerie sucks. Like, Jesus fucking Christ, you fucking bastards. He has like a million people that follow the podcast. Almost. Almost a million. So like, if, you, if you don't like it, you know, he ain't asking you to join. He already has his people that are, are, right. are on his podcast. Right. So if you don't like it, great. Uh, and if you want to make a comment, I mean, you have a right to. There's a box there. Make your your comment. And, and yeah, I guess just live with that. that. That's how you feel. But, I mean, there's other people that like it. And I guess that's no one pleases More everybody. More people like it than don't. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, those those awful people, man. Those just miserable human beings. I, I got I. It came out when we were already here. 
yeah. in Sacramento. So I haven't seen it. I really want to see it because, I mean, I got kind of understood Bobby in the new and then, and you know, Bobby's not a confrontational person. You are a confrontational person. I understood why he ducked for a long time. I didn't want, you know, because not because he didn't like, I, I, I can't say what your relationship with him was. I can't say what his feelings were, but I know that the, those two type of archetype personalities yeah. don't mix. And so he was, I think he was very tentative to do it. And it wasn't even that it didn't mix because, you know, he, he, he adamantly said, when it was over, dude, we got to have... I, yeah. If it's up to me, you're back once a year. So, and you know, people don't have you back if you stink. Right. So, you know... But I'm not saying it was... But I, I think that was his apprehension of doing it. But once you got together, comics in the room, yeah. aggression, non-aggression, not... It, it goes away. And you guys become comics and you do what ball you do. Ball is ball, man. So, you, you know... know and and the, really, the beef was not about anything... And we hashed it out about personal shit. Like, I just don't like it. It was because, you know, and we explained it. And I've said here on here early on when he had his issues, which he adamantly admitted he had his issues. Uh, you know, we were fighting for sketch time, man. And he fucked up a lot of shit. And then I, you know, uh, apologized and said, look, man, if I did anything to make you feel uneasy, I apologize. Maybe I should have went about things different. But, hey, man, I was young. I was hungry. You know, it's my first time on TV in a major way. I'm fighting for my position. So I apologize to him sincerely. He accepted it. He kind of, in roundabout ways, uh, apologized to me, and we hugged it out, and it's all good, baby. Yeah, and now, you you know, it's just comics. And the other, the other thing that happens, because everybody has a social media presence and everybody's that, it isn't just you and Bobby. Everybody was, you know, everybody, I would see people get on Bobby. So Aries, you know, they would, they would, they would dig it deeper. They would dig the hole even deeper. So right. you guys had to get together. I'm so glad it happened. I can't wait to watch the episode. If you guys haven't checked it out again, that's Tiger Belly. It came out Thursday. Yeah. Episode 407. And check it out. I, I can't wait to, I'm going to, I'm waiting till, uh, I'm going to download it and watch it on the plane ride home. It's amazing too. Cause you know, I, I'm, I'm such a, an aggressive alpha dog. You know, I say it all the time. I'm from New York. I'm a man. I'm alpha dog. I'm old school. I'm a dinosaur. I'm an aggressive bear. And I'm just, I don't like, I'm 15 minutes in. I don't like this guy. He's fucking, he's a bully. He's loud. He fucking tries to take over the conversation. Blah, 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 blah. I'm aggressive motherfucker, man. If I was an animal, I'd be a bear in the woods, nigga. I'm a lion in the jungle. That is who I am. So, and for those, and, and again, for those are the people that really, this is what I love about the podcast game. It, it really does like episodic TV. If this were a sitcom, you you grow the family. You you tune in every week. You you know the kids. You know the mother. You know the father. You watch the kids get older. You get a chance to grow with them. And and listen, people say all the time on this podcast, Andy's starting to grow on me. The more you invest in in tuning in and listening, you know even things that you might not like in, uh, uh, from the gate. As you get to know people and learn them, you start to understand a little bit more. And maybe all of a sudden what you thought was a tough pill to swallow starts to go down easier. Because you go, oh, I know where he's coming from. I, I, I've heard him on certain subjects and talk and discuss things and you get a sense of where he's coming from. But yeah, if I'm, if I'm your first shot right out the gate and you don't know nothing about me other than what you think you've, you know or you've heard or you've read, yeah, I'm raw, motherfucker. <laughs> shit but once you take some time it's like you know okay he ain't that or you might still feel that way so fuck it motherfucker wrote somebody wrote um 
Yeah, I see why Aries and Godfrey aren't as big as they need to be because they're both racist and they're both uh, bullies and aggressive and they need to work on their personalities. And I'm just like, if, if, if you ever really took the time to know who Godfrey was, listen to him, see where he comes from, the, the racist thing, miss me with that. He's highly intellectual. He's very pro-black, which is nothing wrong with that. He's, he, he stands on what he believes. And he's got he's passionate. He's got convictions. You know what I'm saying? And 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 uh that that truth is a motherfucker. A lot of people can't handle that truth. And I don't think he's aggressive at all. He too is well, he's from Chicago, but but you know, he lives in New York. But Godfrey's a, Godfrey's another alpha male. He's a fucking he's a, he's an aggressive nigga. Well, the other thing is as as comedians, I mean I'm different than you. And that's part of how it took time for this uh, podcast, you know, to it took time for me. You were going to do what you did. You know, you're going to come out here. You're going to be who Aries is. You said the lion, the bear, whatever. And I had to figure out how to how to make that work for me because I am not you. I'm a different kind of person. I'm not. It's not that I'm not aggressive, but I'm not trying. I'm not. And this is something that took you a long time. I'm not fighting for the starring role. I'm just not. I've I've never been that guy. I'm either going to get there because what I have is worth the people listening to, and they want it. But I'm not going to jump out and do jumping jacks for you to try to listen to it. You, on the other hand, you're going to dominate the conversation. You're going to hold it, and so we had to figure that out. And that's the same thing with Godfrey. And the reason that is, it's important for people to understand. This is what you guys do. This is how you. What it's about words, and some people use words in a very like soft way. Some people have a little bit of, there's, there's some inflections and then there's you and Godfrey, which is just, this is how I see it. And you go for it, but there's a lot of people like that. And yeah, you could say alpha, but there's, you guys are also part of a comedy tradition where you're really giving it to people on what, how you feel and see about it. And people don't understand that. I, you know, it's fun for me when I'm around you and Godfrey, some, when I was with you guys, we were on the train, we're having, it was great. I had a great time. And, you know, now I know how to kind of weave into that. But sometimes you just have to when when you have you have two people going and they're doing what they do, you and Godfrey, I just, you know, sit back, listen, don't think that that's racist or don't think that it it's uh, this aggression. Listen to what you guys are saying, because it's funny. And not only is it funny, it's intelligent. And I, I don't understand why people don't want to they want to listen to how they feel comfortable. It's not always about you. Right, right. You know, it, you got people that <clears throat> do things professionally. You got people, you listen to them because it's, you know why people, you know, talk about the stock market and they don't know about it? Because you don't want to listen to people that know about the stock market because you're not comfortable listening to it because you realize you're, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh, you don't understand what you they're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Right. So you have to listen in a different way and you have to educate yourself. But if it's on <laughs> policy or opinion or something you disagree with, people go to the term racist. And it's right. ridiculous. It's, or, it's overly, it's used. It's used, and it doesn't even represent what the word actually means. And so when I see that, I, I almost start to tune out. you got to listen to everybody, and especially right. the people that you don't enjoy is what you need to listen to. Right. I, this is a weird world, man, and people aren't going to get this, and, and, and we're just going to be divided. Um, and incidentally, uh, I'm trying to see if I can find this thing real quick. Uh, bear with me. Uh, I just because again, it's interesting because we're going to talk about the meat and potatoes today uh, of the CNN thing I did called "See, See It Loud," 
<clears throat> and which is, you know, about uh, black people's contribution into the history of television. Um, and in saying that, uh, I, I really want to find this one comment because this is something that Bobby and I talked about on the podcast. Um, come on. Okay, here it is. You know, we talked about the business. And there were some things that Bobby had cut out that he didn't want aired uh, because, you know, he, he just didn't want it aired. Whereas me, I, I, I tend to not want to cut anything out. But, I, you know, respectfully, it's his show, and he did what he wanted to do. Um, but I said in Hollywood, you know, we know Hollywood is political. It's racist. It's cliques. It's clubs. Um, and I said, there's a pecking order. You know, whites, this is their business. I said, I always say FUBU, for us, by us. It's their business. Blacks are second. I think um, Hispanics are third. And then Asians and Indians are fighting for that fourth spot. And Bobby, in, in a lot of ways, agreed with me. Because I went, so you mean to tell me, and this person goes, uh, Aries claiming there's racism because there's less Asian comedians. It's like me complaining there's less white comedians in China. What a dumb fucking statement. Because the fact of the matter is this, and Ken Jong is not even a stand-up. He's a, he's a comedic actor. But when you think about Asian stand-ups, Bobby Lee, Ali Wong, Margaret Cho, I think the guy's name is Ronnie Chen. Again, throw Ken Jong in there. Who else? Just a bunch of other guys. I, unfortunately, I don't know their name. But here's what I'm going to say, though, no. to that point. My point is, there's a thousand gazillion Asian people all over the country doing stand-up. The point is, they don't get the opportunities that they should because this business is very racist. I said, who's the Asian with their own late-night talk show? Has there ever been? What, what, what sitcoms are out with Asian people other than Fresh Off the Boat, which is rather recent? The last one was Margaret Cho's show. Do you know how long ago that was? Where's the cartoons with Asians, uh, 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 with Asian animation that are, that's a popular cartoon? Like, we got Proud Family, an all-black cartoon. And there are others. Where's the Asian version of that? So for this, anime. Well, okay, <laughs> anime. But for this person to go, that's like me complaining. There's less white comedians in China. What? What the fuck does that even mean? Well, this business is dominated and created by white folks. But I, I don't. I disagree with you on on your assessment that it's it's inherently racist because it's also a capital. It's a capitalist system. Liz, okay, let me ask you a question. Andy, I got to be honest. You make me sick to my stomach sometimes. Because you always, you always deflect from, well, it's not about race. It's about capitalism. And I get the capitalist part. But dog, stop it. This business is racist. Dude, if we go to comedy clubs, how do you get to be a headliner? You, how do you get to be a headliner? You right? have to sell tickets. Okay. So it's also about your... Do you career. know how... Do you, do you, know, you do know, and there are black comedians that have said this, when you look, when you go to a comedy club and you look at who's coming, a lot of times all the black comedians that are on that coming list have credits. They got movie credits, TV credits. They're known. There are white guys that headline those same clubs who you don't even know. That's because white for black people to get booked, you have to have a name. You have to be a face. Well, they where they will book white acts that have almost no credits. Okay. What do you think that's about? That they can still get tickets sold for them. Oh, Jesus no, I, I do. Dude, dude, Russell Peters, how many? Does he have any problems filling out a stadium? 
Russell, Mas Jabrani, do they have any? Russell Peters is mo mostly known for selling out uh, uh, stadiums and arenas outside of the U.S. No, but in the U.S., where he there sells are a lot out of every Asians. show. You know why? Because Indians will come out and support him no matter what. They will. I, I'm in Arizona. Do you know what the big, large uh, Indian community in Arizona is? What is it, Andy? I don't know. But when he comes to town, all his shows for the whole weekend are sold out. Andy, let me ask you flat out. Do you think this bit, you don't think there's racism in oh, Hollywood? There's racism everywhere. No, no, fuck everywhere. Hollywood. Yes, of okay, course. So, so why are you trying to sit here and go, oh, so the point that I'm making about Bobby, you think that it's a coincidence that there aren't as many Asians and Indians as active as white people? You think that's a coincidence? Okay, I'm living in Arizona. I I I came up. I came up the standard, the 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 traditional way, where you go through open mics and you go through all the spaces that you go through. Where was all the all the the uh, ethnic the people of ethnic diversity that you talk about? Yes, there's some, but it isn't as much. And maybe because it's not doesn't feel as welcoming. Maybe the racism is starting at the at the uh, at the entry level. Because there isn't as many. There isn't as many women. There isn't as many Asians. There isn't even, uh, in Arizona, there isn't even as many Mexicans, which is a dominant uh, part of Arizona. There have been specials, documentaries. I forget the one that I watched, but there was a documentary where they were talking about specifically racism in television. And they had everybody from Blacks, Hispanics, and Asians all saying the same shit, showing clips of white people doing Asian face. But once upon a time ago, blackface. Yeah. There's hardly any Asian agents of color in any of the major agencies. Why do you think that is? You think this is all a coincidence? No, because part of it, part of it when you say Asians is culturally. Because Asian families, Asian parents don't want their kids going into being comedians. They don't want them going into how, what, where is their focus? What is the number one person in college right now? What's the number one person? The people, we're going to talk about something else today. What is the number one? No, we're not one? going to talk about something else today. I'm bleeding this into what, okay. exact, exactly what we're going to be okay, talking good. about. What's the number one person going to college in America, percentage wise? What is the number one? This is unbelievable. It's not Asians? This, this is unbelievable. It's not Asians. <laughs> this, is, this is fucking unbelievable. Okay, so it's not okay. Asians. So I'm wrong. Uh, you, no, You're no, right. You're you, right. No, no, no. You're it right. Be, no, it's it all be, racism. No, no. I don't know how we got to here. I don't even know how we got to this. It's all racism, and Asians are the number one, but we don't know why. It's not cultural at all. Let's move on, man. Let's move on. Well, you have a point to make. You make, make me it. fucking sick sometimes with your fucking viewpoints about race. Like, you, 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 I'm telling you, dude, I'm telling you, this business is very fucking racist. There's a thousand Bobby Lees out there. There's a thousand, thousand Margaret Cho's out there. They don't get the opportunities that they should. They don't green light shit for Asians the way they do their Are you talking own? about television or comedy now? Television, movie, comedy, everything. Okay, I'm talking the about strict stand-up. business. I'm talking about strict stand-up. Okay. That's what I was talking about. Because when I've when you come up in comedy, you know how many guys you know you know how many Middle Easterners people from the Middle East do comedy. I forget. It's almost like uh, they always give it that catchy name, like like how uh, oh God, I'm, I wish I could fucking think of it. But I remember uh, there was a, a like like a tour, and it was nothing but Middle Eastern comics, and they gave it some name 
that was tied into some Middle East type shit. Where are the Middle Easterners on TV? Talk their own talk shows. You do, I was talking about We're comedy. You're sitcoms. talking about TV. So if we're talking about TV, I think that's different. I think it's different. I people don't green light shows because they play to a white American audience off TV. That's what they worried about. Now, for the first time ever, they're actually looking to find more people to bring into entertainment on television because the American audience has an appetite for it and should have already been there. I'm not denying anything about TV. We're talking about stand-up, and I'm like, this is how stand-up works. It's the entry level. It's to me, stand-up is like cable installers. Anybody can get a job being a cable installer. If you have some tools, it's the way to get into whatever industry in that in those fields and building that you want. Comedy, anyone can do this. How many people don't even want to do comedy? They want to be actors, so they do comedy. Anyone can go to an open mic. Anyone can start doing a comedy. Where you go to is different. And yeah, I think there's obstacles for people of different diversities. Yes, I'm not denying obstacles. There, It's in every facet of life. But I think comedy is somewhat the, the comedy part. When you said it, and then you said Asian, and I said, I don't think culturally it's the same. You got mad, but culturally it's not the same. Where is it different? Asian parents want their kids, they focus on, on education. Not comedy, not comedians. So you think that's the reason? Why is there more Asians in college than any other group in this country? Okay, fine. I'll give you that. But what I'm simply saying to you is, of the, of the comics that I name, there's a, there's, a, there's a gazillion more than those. There's other comics that are, are known that you're not mentioning right now. Uh, the other, uh, Steve, uh, Steve Byrne had his show that was on, uh, what channel was that on? That he had his show about at the bar. TBS? With, yeah, with everybody that was on it. I mean, everyone, there was a lot of guys on the show. Um, that was a good, that, I mean, there's other, there's other people that are, I'm not denying the fact that once you get up into the ladder, the racism comes, there's more racism included. There's more obstacles included. The bar has, you, you have to get higher over. That's to what I was, that was my I point. was talking just about comedy and you, and you said, why are there more Asian comics? That's exactly what you said to me. Asian comics. But, but well, you know, you talk, no, well, no, well, no, no comedian is going into comedy just to be a comedian. The goal is to do comedy, blow up in the movies, become a TV star, get your own show. And my point is, if, as you start to do that, there's a thing called racism in Hollywood that makes it a lot tougher for them than they do white folks, because this is their business. They control it. They're the gatekeepers. And when you look at the pecking order, white people have been the dominant. Black people have been the second. We, we, all the fighting we've done from blackface, from, from having to be portrayed in blackface to the shows in the, in the, in the black and white area, uh, era, Amos and Andy, we've made the most progress in strides right after white folks. Then it felt like there's a certain point in time where Latinos started to break through. Now, you hardly ever see any Asians and Indians. They're finally starting to break through. Mindy Kaling, the, the, the Indian girl, okay, so... So you mean to tell me prior to Mindy Kaling, there's been no Indian women trying to break through, Indian men trying to break through? No, I'm not saying there hasn't been. They have been trying to break through. But And what's been the problem? Well, for, I, 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 there's plenty of problems. But you were acting like there's only one problem. I'm saying that what's there's the problem. What's the other problems? What's the other problems? In relation issues. to the business. Cultural issues. How many, okay, if you have a pool, why, why do you think there is such a large amount of uh, a, a progress in the black uh, in black comedy. Why do you think? Why there's so much progress? You said that that's the one that that's the biggest progress one. That's the one that's come along the most other, uh, after white is black. 
I just think that in terms of like in terms of race relations in this country, everything has been black and white. Asians, Latinos, Indians, they just not on they, they just they're not at the forefront the way black and white. The struggle between black and white has always been the 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 at the center of America. You don't think it has anything to do with culturally that it is acceptable to, to be uh, into entertainment or go into entertainment and then because the pool is larger, there's a, a more people to choose from, a better plethora, and people that when people get good at it, there's more good people. They push other people within their groups to get better. You don't think that that has anything to do with it at all? Just the sheer amount can make other things better around them, because I can tell you right now that there's a large amount of black fo- uh, black folks in in uh, entertainment and in comedy and standups. Uh, they rise because there's uh, people in it and there's support from the community to come out and see them. If, if you're in an, uh, so culturally, you're saying culturally in the Asian in the Indian community, culturally, that's not where they come from. Their parents want them to be doctors and lawyers. So therefore the desire to want to be entertainers, is just not as big. Uh, do you think you're funny to Asians? Yes. I think I'm funny to everybody. Do you think you have a large Asian amount of population that comes out to see your shows on a regular basis? Mm, not, not really. Why? Because you're funny. You should be funny to everybody. Are you racist? Then why isn't there the same amount of people at your shows? I can't control but them, who comes out and buys a ticket, and Because it's not culturally but, but, part of their deal where they go okay, to... So when Bobby Lee goes to perform and the audience is hugely Asian... They came out because it's an Asian guy that they're coming to support. Russell Peters, you don't see... I don't see a ton of Indians in Arizona. And you all of a sudden you bring in an Indian comic and there's a huge oh, sells out the whole weekend. How is that possible? Because they all came out. They're all supporting. Sometimes, yes, you have to have one of your own that makes it so that you can develop that part of the culture that wants to come and be involved in comedy. But when you're talking about the beginning, the bringing it up, Bobby is in the forefront of Asians that are making funny comedy. But you have to have a large, if you're not going to see as many unless there's a larger group that's pushing each other to go forward. I think people will support what you give them the opportunity to see. And if people aren't given the opportunity to see someone who's deserving of that attention, then, then, then how would they know? I agree with you. But again, when it comes down to culture, then if that's true and everybody comes out to see Russell Peters and you're funny, why when you go to Arizona isn't you don't have a large sex section of Indian population coming to see your show? There is culture that's involved in this and what people find funny and what they feel is an honorable job. There's a lot that goes into this. It's not just when you say racism, you put that as the core part. There's a lot of reasons why something appears to be racist, too, and does have roots in racism. I'm not saying that the opportunities are equal. I'm saying that when you have a capitalist system and you need to sell tickets to have someone come out and I bring in someone uh, who can sell tickets, I'm going to obviously going to keep bringing them in and I'm going to find more people. And you're going to go, hey, do you have anybody that you know that's good? And they're going to put those people in. They're going to sell out tickets. But if I have someone. And it's a small community that doesn't really support community uh, support comedy, and they are popular. They're popular in the comedy community, but they haven't hit their their community. They're not going to come out and support it because it's not something that they do. Otherwise, you would have a larger part of an Indian population, an Asian population. You would look at your audience, and if it was just based on just funny, it should be equal because everybody should want to come see funny. 
but culturally, we don't all find the same things funny. And then you take that culturally, not everybody is into comedy and feels that that's something that they want to spend money on. And that's why they don't think their kids should do it. And that's why they want him to be a professional. And that's why they go to, there's, they're in college for those things. And they're pushed to do that. I'm just saying there's more to it. And when you just make it one thing, I feel it's very one note. And that's not fair to the argument. Of course it is part of it. But is it the whole thing? I just laid out something that I think is honest. And you, I don't know where you feel about it. All right. Uh, so this thing is called uh, See It Loud. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a play on, obviously a play on uh, Say It Loud. I'm black and I'm proud. So, but it's obviously TV visual, so See It Loud. Uh, I thought they weren't going to show me, uh, and they did. They showed me once. Uh, it was a good spot, though. Yeah, it was cool. Um, but the, I know that this Sunday's episode will have already have aired by the time you hear it, because today is Sunday. But tonight's episode is specifically about sketch, the contributions of uh, black people in sketch. So I'm, I'm, I think it's safe to assume they'll show me more than once, uh, hopefully. Uh, now, there's where you get... I, I'm going to go with you on racism. On, on the, when the SNL... How many how many black comics did they have on SNL when they first started, and how many years did it take for them to be more than one black comic on the show? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Garrett Morris, then Eddie Murphy, uh, and then it was uh, yeah, and then it was you know sprinkled in spots here and there. I think this past season or two is when they had the most blacks on at once. And so at the time, and this is why I, I'm, I'm trying to say, I, I'm not disagreeing with you on anything. And in this, SNL is a great uh, proof of it. Out of all those comics, there was only one black comic. And who was the most popular? Garrett Morris wasn't the most popular, but Eddie Murphy, who was the most popular? So after Eddie Murphy, wouldn't it stand to reason that she would go, hey, let's go look at what the, the black comedic pool is. Uh, obviously, there's something here and we're creating something. Let's go find some more of these great fucking comedy, uh, black comics that are coming up. And what happened after Eddie Murphy? What not much. Right. right. So I mean, I, mean, I think Chris Rock, uh, Chris Rock was the. But Chris Rock wasn't the Chris Rock when he was on. There. Right. And so like that, then in the same tone, when I'm disagreeing with you, I'm also agreeing with you because there is obvious points where you can see it and you can see how it's eliminated people from opportunity. But this isn't just stand up. Sketch is different and sketches. We're talking about a television sketch show. I, you know, I don't want to go back to the Bobby Lee thing, but I, what I'm trying to say to you is. The thought process that goes behind the racism in this business of not looking for that black pool, not doing anything until there's enough pressure, not wanting to hire uh, people of color to write for people of color, the thought process and the behavior behind all that stems th all throughout the business, including stand-up. Well, I, I, I agree. It's there. I'm not saying that it's not there. I said it's in every facet of life. But I, I, I also point at other things that are causing this. I wouldn't, I, I don't understand how, and, and I, you know, you've, you brought this up before, and I'm going to say this because I'm sure that on a sketch show, when they have limited amount of money or, you know, uh, SNL didn't start off with the most amount of money, but I never understood this. Uh, 
when there's a television show and there's a lot of black folks on the show and there's a lot of white folks, they, the, 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 the producers or whatever hire the makeup people. And they don't consider that there's different people on that show. And then if you complain, and I've heard this not from you, multiple people, that then they complain because you're asking for someone who does black hair, does black makeup, and then now you're being a problem. And I've heard that, especially from black women in the industry, have mm-hmm. talked about this. And now they're, they're deemed as people that, you know, have- Are difficult. Are difficult. So, yes, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying, can we look? It, there's more. There's, this is, it's a bigger picture to unpack. Right. Uh, Amos and Andy, I uh, thought this was, you know, and I've said this before. You know, the complaint about Amos and Andy was they had to pull the show because black people were saying there's no black writers. Uh, And this is where, to me, this gets tricky. Um, And we're talking about now the 50s, to my black and white era TV. Um, When at a point where if there was a black person on TV, somebody in the family said, a black person's on. And everybody would gather around the TV because you just didn't see us. So... The show eventually got pulled because black people were saying there were no black writers, but there are black actors. And I'm just thinking to myself, I, I, it's, it's even fucked up that you have to say this, but it's like, you gotta crawl before you can run. Uh, yeah, should there have been black writers? Absolutely, writing for black people. But at that time, you gotta crawl before you can run. If you say, let's pull the show because there's no black writers, well, what about the black actors? Now they can't eat. Now they can't pay their bills. That's a fucked up predicament to have to be in, but you know, I I, I don't know. I you know, you're gonna lose lose small or lose big. I mean, you know, it's a loss in one sense, but I think you lose big when you say take the show off the air, and now the black actors who have a chance to perform and pay their bills and make money now they don't have that. Yeah, and it falls back even further behind. Right. Um, it was also the NWACP that was complaining about the show itself that felt it was overly stereotyped. Right. And so, yeah, so they lost out. Who's the, I, I'm going to forget her name, who's the black woman that won the first uh, Oscar for being in, uh, Gaunt, it was, it, oh, uh, who played a maid? Hattie McDaniel? I think that was it. Yeah, I think it was Hattie McDaniel. She said, what was her quote that she... she well, her speech was written for her, and but it ended with, uh, that and the last part was her part though that she put in, wasn't it? The, no, the, oh, no, I thought it was. No, that, that was written. No, oh. you're a credit to your race. No, no, I'm talking about where she said I was an interview, where she said she'd rather. Oh, 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 oh! Damn, she'd rather make fourteen thousand dollars playing a maid than whatever it was being one. Being one, right? Less money being one. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, and I think that's part of what you're considering in there. Is the job the job you want? No, but is it making progress to get more black people on television? Right. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, it's a fucked up predicament, but it's, it's the lesser of two evils. And then here's where you're to your point, the racism comes in. Okay, so you're going to complain that this show isn't what you want it to be. Well, you know what? I can just get another white show and put some white guys on it. And uh, I can sell that show just to, uh, and it'll probably be, uh, it'll be easier for me to sell that show uh, to my white sponsors. So the show it has the same connotation as just shut up and dribble. It does. Um, didn't know that Sanford and Son was a British show. Did you know that? The original show. The original. Yeah, they said. I didn't know that. It's, it's Stupert's step, and Stu- step, Stepdad and Son. 
stepdad? I thought it said Stubert's son. son. Or, oh, yeah, okay. It might have been. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I didn't know that either. That's another like all in the family kind of switcheroo. And it's like, I, I, you know, America's done that. Uh, was it The Office was a British show? Yeah, that was Ricky Gervais's show. Right. Um, I wonder how many of shows that America has. But we just named three. Yeah. I, somebody's got to get a residual from that, though, right? They yeah, they, they buy it. They have to buy yeah, it. Uh, uh, there's another show on Showtime that was uh, a British show. Uh, Shameless was a British oh, show. Oh, really? Yeah, that was a British show first. Holy shit. Okay. Uh, I've never seen any of the British versions of these other shows. I was going to say, I, I wonder if, well, I'm being biased, obviously, but it can't be better than our version, right? I don't know. Ricky Gervais would disagree with you, but he only did two seasons of the show. Right. Okay. Um, I love this moment because it, it reminded me of that moment where Richard Pryor was being interviewed and the guy said, uh, can, can, can a white person write for you? And Richard said, yeah, just, you know, write from a human experience. You know, just, yeah, don't, don't stereotype it. Don't nigger it up. Just write as, write as though you're writing for a human being. Yeah, you can write for me. Uh, and then... Uh, White folks was writing for black people on Red Fox with bad grammar. Like they it literally were writing, you know, eyes, shoulders and blah, 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 and butchering up the language. Um, and that, Red, Red alluded to that, too. He was like, you know, just write it the way you would normally write for people. And we'll put the black spin on it instead of your interpretation of what you think our spin is, which, of course, is stereotypical. And just overtly fucking racist. Just write normal. And you can put the black shit on there and spend the seasoning and it'll be what it be. Well, and that and to this day, and that this is this is and I this is why I do understand what you're saying when you hear black guys say, Yeah, I'm in the room and I'm interview I'm I'm um um what is it? Not interviewing, but do you have the chance to get on the show? Audition. Auditioning, thank you, man. So he's auditioning and they'll go, Can you do it blacker? Right. Yeah, and that just means more. Yeah, they stereotype. They stereotype. Nigger it up. Um, I told you the the, the wildest shit was I, I I remember, uh, I forget what the audition was, but it had something to do with hip hop, and I and I'm and I'm in the room, and this guy who could who almost came off like he almost reminded me of uh, remember the show Frasier? Yeah, the brother, the the, the oh Niles, Niles. He he, he was a Niles type. And this motherfucker at one point stopped me and goes, let, let me tell you about what hip-hop is. They didn't even tell me, let me tell you what hip-hop is. It's like, jeez, okay. Did he make any points? Nothing that I didn't know. Yeah, so then what was his, why, why did he feel the need to tell you anyway? What was, the, what was going on that he felt this need, this overwhelming urge to tell you about hip-hop? That's what I would have liked to have asked him. But, you know, I can't do that. I'm not supposed to do that. Um. What did you think about the show a little bit? The CNN show? No, no. The, yeah. What did you think about it? Overall? I liked it. I liked it a lot because, uh, and you you said this, you were talking to someone about it, but this is what I like is that there's a lot of shows that are built around television sitcoms, what? but no one no one's broke it down to the history of black sitcoms and black actors and actresses on the show. Right. So it, it, it gave a different experience. And there's some experiences that even after the first show we talked about that I don't understand why they're missing from the show. And uh, 
and some reasons why shows disappear that I, I'm still, I, you have your reason and I'm, I have to agree with you because I don't have another reason, but why do these shows disappear sometimes? Well, you had mentioned something that they didn't show uh, for a good chunk of it. And at the very end, they finally showed it. And they didn't even really expand on it too much. But you said Benson. Yeah. Like, why are they not mentioning Benson? Why, why did you feel like that was really relevant? Because Benson's uh, character was the original Benson wasn't the Benson that the series was. The original Benson was on soap and he was the uh, butler. But he had this part where he really, the, these far-fetched, uh, just weird white people. And he's the black, only black guy in the show. And he's doing what he's supposed to do, but fucking just being the reality of, the, of, of life and telling them, making fun of them to their faces and how they go about life. And it was a great character. And sometimes I, I think when there, especially when there wasn't like in, in, in that part, what was that part, the late 70s? Like there was a boom in the seventies where there was a lot of uh, cultural uh, diverse shows like Mod Squad and Room Two Twenty Two and things like that where there was uh, more people on more different uh, people on shows, but then it kind of went away and that's one of the things we did talk about how cyclical it is like it goes up and down where all of a sudden there's shows and then there's none uh, and uh, Benson had that show and then they they turned it into a different show where they had him uh, uh, become like a politician. And it was it was such a departure from it, but it was Benson and his character. His character was popular, and so he was able to carry that show and bring it into this. And I thought that was a great show. And that one just kind of hung out on the edge. And I think there's outlier shows that don't come up at certain in that that rhythm of uh, uh, of the cyclical. You know, okay, now we have a bunch of black shows. It was like a, a one off that was out there where there was a black uh, lead. I, I don't know why, but I was a kid when Benson was on, and I loved that show. It was a great show. I, but I don't, I don't know that I, you know, was mature enough to truly understand yeah. what it was. But I just, I don't know. I, I was drawn to that show. I loved it. You know who's on the first season of that show? Uh, who? Jerry Seinfeld. Get out of here. No, he's on it. Go check. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. But uh, that's just a tidbit. It's not anything important to the show. It, it, he had, he wasn't uh, integral, so he had to go. Uh, I had made a note because you said something uh, when they were talking about how Fox... Uh, when Fox needed to establish itself as a new network. And this is part of the piece where I say things disappear. Right. He had all, they, you know, they got all these black shows and they cut to the writers and the creators saying, but once they finally got their legs, they got rid of all the black shows. Because um, one of the shows that is missing from that, from this show so far, not that right. it's not going to be on there, but it was a really good personal show to me was, was rock. My dad loved that show with Charles Dutton. Yeah, it's it was a great show. This man went to jail. He was earning a living. He came out. He was trying to establish that middle class heart, that hard edge middle class family, but from a, a black culture perspective, right. dude, it was a great show. I used to love to watch that show. Right. Um, I don't understand why that one, what it disappeared the way it did, and unceremoniously, no one ever talks about it. And then it didn't come on this, and I was disappointed. Right, because you had said they focused on the positive on the doc but didn't discuss the negative why Fox ended all the black shows. And again, I've, I've seen where black writers, actors, creators have said this, but I will, you know, I, it would have been interesting if they could have grabbed the white executive and said, why did you end the black shows? Well, and then they, they did address it when they got to the CW, when it was the, uh, when they merged. Yeah. And then right. all, all those other shows got canceled. Right. 
And uh, so they did address it a little bit, but they didn't address no, Fox. No, no, but a white person, a, a white person yeah, at the network. Yeah. But of course they wouldn't say, well, we did it because they're not going to tell you the truth. No, but the, 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 the Fox one to me was even greater because Fox was this, this station that wasn't supposed, they couldn't get approval to be uh, a network uh, nationwide. So they bought all the independent stations is how Fox developed. Right. And then they had all these shows that weren't going anywhere. And when they went to the, to black entertainment, that's when they started getting this, uh, their leg in. And that's what really, the, the truth is, and this is kind of funny, black people are what anchored Fox, which would allow Fox to become the network that it did. And to then roll in like Fox news and all the other things right. that they've done. But it was because, of the black community and, and uh, being a network that represented black people somewhat on television. And then as soon as they had their foothold, it did seem like they just went, all right, that's enough. Right. Let's. Uh... And so when we say racism, yes, again, that's a great example of it. Um, I would love to see a remake of, because uh, this is more your era than mine. So I don't know that I really I I didn't I knew of the show I didn't really watch it but White Shadow yeah and I we we brought that up too I would like to see a remake of it I think that's one they should bring back but do you still call it White Shadow given that we're far removed from what that meant at that time yeah I think you'd call it something different but I think it's a black coach now and it's black and white kids Black, Black Shadow. Black Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a black coach with white kids? White and black kids. Because oh. we all have... Pro- this, you know what? This is where I get kind of like... I like the White Shadow. I watched that when I was a kid. Right. But, you know, as you get older and you realize how white America does right on television, well, they make... And in movies, <laughs> they make the white white person the savior in the shows. They're always right. the person that's going to uplift and break things. And that's what... And this is a different time. So I don't think that, you know... It, it was that, but it was a different time, and I love the show. But today, I mean, let's let's be honest. We all have problems. Who's who would be a better coach that you're going to listen to? For uh, it would be the black the black coaches that come down to the high schools and make these great high school teams now uh, that you see happening. So yeah, you would have a, a black coach with experience that people would uh, respect and look to. And, uh, you know, that played in the NBA at one time and now he's the coach. Yeah. And have all the kids and all the problems that everybody goes through, including uh, racism. Right. It would be great. And and every other diversity issues that we're having right now. Uh, One one guy, one person said on the on the uh, one one of the celebs they interviewed said, uh, you know, and and, and listen for again, just as much as you needed. The Evans, you obviously needed the Cosby's. And I think it was, uh, the story goes, Huey Newton came down to the set of Good Times and said to Norman Lear, why they got to live in the projects? Can't you show a show about a successful black man doing well? Hence, we're moving on up. And he created the Jeffersons. Um, And of course, you know, that's one of the most popular shows in the the black household. My dad loved that show. but the guy, one of the, one of the celebs talk about, you know, but yeah, there was the stereotype about how George Jefferson walked. And I just, in my head, and I made a note, I went, uh, and then they, of course, they show him dancing, Roxy Rocker, and, 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 you know, and I just thought to myself, between the walk and the dancing, ain't that what niggas do? Like, don't, don't we walk with a, you know, we walk with a rhythm, man. George had flavor. So I don't necessarily see that as a, as a stereotype. 
That's what niggas do. We musical. We like to dance. I think I think some of the part in it though that could have been what you could see in it uh, is that the Jeffersons really made their appearance on uh, All in the Family, and, and and it was a it was a, it was a they were the first black family to live in that neighborhood. Archie had his bigoted ways. Was it was it the Jeffersons or yeah. was it uh, Lionel? Good times. No, no it was the oh, Jeffersons. Lionel. John Lionel was uh, Meathead's friend. He would come over to the All in the Family's house all the time. But didn't uh, uh, from the mother from Good Times, Florida Evans. She was didn't she make appearances on All in the Family? I don't remember that. I believe she did. I do, I, do, I do know that the Jeffersons, the idea of the Jeffersons was it was introduced in All in the Family, and Lionel actually in All in the Family gets killed. There, there's this moment where he gets killed by uh, a racist uh, group that blows up his car. It, all the family. I'm telling you, man, all in the family, if you go back and you watch those episodes, they are so far ahead of where we live today, being honest in what they talk about. Oh, wait, there was two Lionels on the Jeffersons. Remember that? It was two Lionels, I'm the- two different actors playing Lionel. Okay. So when did Lionel die? He never did. They brought oh, okay. they brought him back. They, they they just they just kind of moved away from that whole thing that happened. So he blew up in a car. Yeah, but and he still lived. When they when they introduced the show, you never see the Jefferson. You never see all in the family. You never see Archie on the show. So they just took that character that was there, but they were different. They were. You know, he was a businessman. He didn't dance. He didn't do those things. The, right. And I don't think I don't think it's Sherman Hemsley that played. Uh, he might have played it though on uh, on all the I don't remember. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Confused in a motherfucker. Oh so he God. go, but so when they do the show, right? This the, the Sherman Hensley character isn't the same kind of characters that they had in All in the Family. He's a little bit more. You know, he has some attitude. He has he has right. money, and you know, and they project and and they project and you can watch shows with white guys that make money too and come up. They make them a very new money. And that's part of the, the 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 attitude that comes with new money versus old money. And that was right. also something that's in there at that time. But I thought the Jeffersons was a great show. I understand how some people would have thought that that was that you're shining a light to make white America comfortable again. You're, you're doing it to because, oh, he's going to dance and he's going to do jive. jive and right. So that's going to keep them happy. Right. But the characters, if you listen to the words and what was going on in the shows, it's a very poignant show. There's real things going on. And it's the first show that has an interracial relationship on television. Right. Um, before I jump to the next thing, uh, let me go back. Uh, I've heard this. I've read this. They said that while they give Norman Lear credit for, you know, these black shows, Eric Monty was really the brains behind Good Times. I I, I assume a black they, t- they talked about him on this, but he had black people that he was that he worked with to do these shows. They were there. Uh, whether they got what they were supposed to get, that's a whole other story. I don't know that. I've never, I never did that. I, I just know that there was other people that he was working with. But it's funny as we go back to this that they did address some of that in the, in this, and they said, but they were never allowed to be the the main showrunner. They were just these other writers and other people on right. the show that were working with uh, uh, Norman Lear, right? Because Norman Lear would present the ideas, and then the, then the executives would put the writing group and the team behind it, and that's where you get like John Amos being upset because. Uh, they went when the show Good Times comes out. It's supposed to be about a family, and then the uh, and for the record, they didn't even want the dad. They fought against that. Yeah, uh, it was uh, Esther Roll, aka Florida Evans, that said, "If you want me to do the show, there has to be a father figure." So they didn't even want a black man in the in the family uh, showcasing that you know 
they were a, a strong, tight black family and a black man was a responsible father who did his job. But, you know. So then he comes on the show. So there's no, yeah, racism. No. And he's, and, and then they make JJ. No black showrunners. You know, racism. No. I didn't say there was. I didn't say you said. Okay, just yeah. Saying. But the but I and I and again I was talking about stand up, uh, and I am the person who only wants to be a stand up and not in anything else. Uh, and then he gets in he gets in the argument with uh, Norman, Norman Lear, Lear, and because no, they have already assigned a writing group, right? And, and you know though the something that some of this has to be understood that I, I didn't know until I got a little bit more involved in it. There's the there's the showrunner, there's the producers, there's all these people that come into making this. But once something is greenlit, the people who start it in television might not even be part of the show. Like uh, just a for instance, a quick one, uh, uh, Roseanne, she never got she was not part of her show. They they took a lot of stuff. She was the star of the show, but she wasn't one of the producers or the executives on her own show, even though it's about I don't her think stuff initially. But she eventually no, they kept it. It's Marcy. She uh, never got a producer credit. I don't think she ever got the producer. Not she didn't get the. I don't think she ever got a producer credit. I think she signed on as an actor, and that was it. I have to look that up. You'll have you'll have to. But she never. I, I think as the show didn't became get the money. a juggernaut, she eventually she had no. A, no there was suits because of Marcy. It's Marcy Warner. Uh, isn't it Marcy Warner? Yeah. Those are the ones that actually owned it. They paid her a certain amount of money at the beginning, and that's what she got for for being able to use her stand up and her, you know, her. But that's that's the business. Well, the the and the and the the real big uh, stick, the, the real big argument for John Amos was uh, that he didn't like the fact that he felt that uh, Jimmy Walker was getting too much attention, his character JJ, and it was becoming buffoonery. Yeah. With the dynamite and all the... He wouldn't know. have cared if he got the attention if it was based no, on the family. Th- oh, 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 wait. Say that again? It wouldn't. He wouldn't care if he got more attention as long as it was based on the family dynamic of what the show right. was supposed to be. Right. But it was based on his... It started becoming the JJ show. Yeah, and it was based on his dynamite and the and the right. white perspective of the black guy. Because right. that wasn't even... And, and he talks about it in this. I thought I never knew that. I never seen that where he said... It wasn't even my line. I said dynamite. I just kind of went dynamite. And the guy or the guy goes, no, no, that you need to say that louder. And it's the white dude on the show. And then right. he did it and it blew him up. Right. So. And, and you know, uh, and listen, John wanted more money, too, as the, as do most actors on a, on a show as it becomes successful. Uh, but I'm just curious. What was what was the what really was the. We're going to fire you tipping point or not bring you back? Was it the money, or was it him complaining about Jimmy Walker? I don't know. What I thought was interesting is what he said. He said, I thought that I didn't, I didn't realize that I wasn't that important to the show. I thought, you know, my, I was important to the show, and then I realized that I wasn't that important to the direction. I think he said direction. Was it, he said he, he used some kind of adjective in there to, uh, uh, what's his name, the producer? The, the, Norman Lear. He, I wasn't that important to more. Norman Lear. Right. I think he thought that he had a relationship with it felt like the way he said it. I have a relationship with Norman Lear. And then when I had an issue, I no longer had a relationship with Norman Lear. That's how I felt that that what is what he said. Yeah. Did you get that same it's 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 fool's goal for any actor to think that there's a relationship with the powers that be. Uh that 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 illusion of you're like family, you know, tightness, that that's such a 
I don't don't ever buy into that. Well, see, and that's what I, I didn't get to that part where I wanted to say there's the there's the person who's in charge of whatever network it is, and then they have their people that go out and those are the people who also provide notes and do other things. Right. And then, but then underneath them is the showrunner, And there's also the producer and the executive producers on the show that are all on that same kind of area. But the showrunner is the one doing most of the work. And then there's the writer's room. It's so far down the chain though, when you get to the writer's room and who's doing it. And then when you make, when there is a problem, it has to go flow all the way up from the writer's room to the producers, the executive producers, the, all those people then going up the chain to the, to the person who brought to the, through the showrunner, the executive producers, then to that person. And then by the time it gets up to the big guys, at the top of the, the chain, now you're a problem because yeah. it's caused a ripple effect. Yeah. Stay in your place, nigga. Uh, Different world. Uh, I thought it was interesting when they said that the power, and this is the power of TV. Different world made college enrollment go up, up in the black HBCUs. Community. Yep. Um, boy, man, that 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 box shit is powerful. Um, I don't, you know, and this is my problem, my own problem. Do you really see television as the most? You do because you're in the industry. I mean, you you've been on TV, and you saw the full effect of it. I just don't understand how it t- an appearance on a TV show, and I guess I should understand it because when people used to go on Carson, that changed right. their whole career path. Right. But a television show that you know isn't real, like a sitcom, right? How that influences a culture is unbelievable to me. It's a television show that's not real. I think that's listen. They call it an idiot box for a reason. It it that's something it hypnotizes you. It's there's a power to it. I, I do know that, especially as a kid, it affected me because, like I said about the Brady Bunch, I thought my family was fucked up because they weren't the Brady Bunch. <laughs> the Brady Bunch is actually the fucked up family, right? Because that family doesn't really exist like that. Yeah, we're and so I, I'm thinking my dad's an asshole because he's not Mr. Brady. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, but so I, I can see where it affected. But as you get older, how does that affect you that way? Where you have some into that you watching a show and you go, oh. This is, I, I, I just never understood that. But, you know, it also shows that we could be using television for more important things than what we use it for. Yeah. But will people, would people still tune in? Yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, the good thing about it is you get out of it what you want to get out of it. So, you know, uh, if it allows you to be, if it allows you to play into you being the idiot that's watching the box, so be it. If it's informative and helps you in some way improve your life, well, then that's a good use, too. Um, dude, were you ever into Family Matters? No, and I think, yeah. Yeah. but I thought that was a younger person's show. Was it? I mean, it, it, family, family. You know, I, I I wrote down like Family Matters versus the Cosbys. That gumbo just hit different, man. Well, do you really think? And I mean this honestly. If you weren't a young kid. Do you think that an Urkel exists in any family? I'm not even talking yes. about a black family. Yes. Somebody who's wearing yes. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Did, I do, did I do that? Yeah. That exists? Yeah. Nerds. Yeah, but that was so it over the too top. too cartoonish? Too cartoonish. Way over the top. So I thought the show was for younger people that would like think Like that almost that. for kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but even if you took the Urkel dyna- dynamic out of it, something about the Cosbys just felt authentic whereas the Winslow's felt like a TV show 
I, and I, that's my point. And I agree with you. I, and I thought that that was a TV show for people that were younger. The Cosby's, like that is what I, I guess when you got when I got old enough and I wasn't mad at my dad for not being Michael Brady. Right. I saw, well, oh, that's, you know, you're a professional and they're built, made in, basing this idea on these two uh, parents are professionals. And when you're a professional, it shows that if somebody's a doctor and someone's a lawyer and they do the right things and you you you, you, you become successful and you're living in a big brownstone in right. Philadelphia, um, it's different. And that made, that made sense to me. I could make that leap of, oh, you do this. And I, I saw it as a real show. So I was affected by what went on in that family because it seemed like it was real. Right. Uh, that episode that they talked about, the controversial episode on Family Matters, where the son, uh, the oldest son, gets harassed by the cops. He comes home, and his dad is a cop. Yeah. And his dad basically took the position of, well, what were you wearing? What did you do? And I said to myself, is this realistic? Now, I know that there's the, the, the blue wall of brotherhood and cops stick together, but with a black man who is conscious of the era he came up from, the 60s, the 70s, because he's the dad. So the 60s, 70s, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Medgar Evers, unless he's a nigga acting white, he's aware of all of this. So you really taking a stance on, well, what did you do as a black father? You're, you're, being, you're playing cop more than you are a father? And Was that believable? Well, and I said to you, I, I, I agreed with you, and we both felt that what you just said, but then I also threw this in with you and asked you this question. Uh, when we were in Mississippi and we met, there was all those black cops who were doing the security for it. And we asked them because there was a shooting at that time. And they said, well, and did one of those guys sound like they might ask their son if they did anything wrong? Because they believed in the, in the policing in the way that it was. They, 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 that one guy, it was the guy who got shot at Wendy's who was running away from the cop and he had the uh, taser and they got the other cop shot him. And he said, hey, man, if someone points the taser at me, I'm shooting him. So it, is, it, is it regional? I mean, is that something in the South? Is that Mississippi? Is it, I'm, ask, I'm asking this because he sounded like he, that would have been the question he would have asked. Well, what were you doing? Okay, you weren't? Okay, then it's this. But I, th I think that he may have taken a pause to ask the question. That cop that we talked to might right, have. right. Did you do it? Maybe not say it the same way. He goes, did you say something like, listen, did you have anything that you feel that you need to tell me that happened before this went on? Something like that, maybe? Right. Okay, you didn't? Okay, then let's go handle this. But the way that it came out, it, and I think that it was, uh, I don't, I, I think that would have been really a tough part for a black father in America to actually do that part and, and say it that way. You know, now that I'm really sitting here thinking about it, for TV purposes and to kind of play the other angle, that made for an interesting moment. Because you would automatically assume or expect for the father to embrace the son and go, yeah, you know, the motherfuckers, I told you them, gotta watch out, man. Them, the motherfuckers, the crackers, the police is racist and blah, blah, blah. But for him to take that stance to go, well, what did you, that couldn't be. What did you do? It's, it's, Good cooler conversation, water cooler conversation. I'm just going, is that realistic though? Uh, let me, but okay, so you're saying that's real. Do you think that the cop that we talked to, and you know which cop I'm talking about? I think so. I think so. 
you don't think that he might have taken a, 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 a pause just to go, you, did you have anything to do with any issues? But that wasn't his son. Right. You're right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. And, I, and listen, I think I'd be remiss to, to sit here and believe that there aren't some black cops who go, look, I know this neighborhood. Some of these niggas ain't shit. And, and some of these niggas need to get fucked up because they ain't shit. And they, and they may take that, the, the movie that come out of the fucking uh, Boys in the Hood. Remember the scene with the black cop and the white cop? Yeah. And he takes Cuba yeah, yeah. and he's old, like, you know, I think that's real. There's some black cops that, you know, look you, at black people the same as the white cops. You, I've heard black people living in inner city situations where there's a lot of policing say that they're more worried about the black cop than they are the white cop. Right. But that, I think that's the part that you go, but that's his son. What a fuck. So are you playing cop or are you playing father? Right. But it's, it was, you know, in hindsight, it's, 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 uh, it, it throws you off because you don't expect you wouldn't have expected that. But you don't think that, you know, we we got what was on TV and we might got a few things that we might have heard. You don't think. Do you think that there was. Do you think in the right when everybody got their pages right and they're reading it? Right. Do you think there's any pause? Do you think there's anybody going, hey, hey, uh, we might need to talk about this for a second. We, you know, they should have cameras in the writers rooms and show those moments because that's 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 an interesting thought. Because I'm going, there had to be a conversation. They can't just get the material and go, oh, this is it. This is what we're doing. There's no pushback. There's nobody going, well, this is bullshit. I, I, I don't need to talk to somebody about this. I, I wonder what that is. I would love to see that. And then if you have some objection, like what I said, maybe he would have said something to, uh, is there anything I need to know before I get mad about this? Right. And, you know, something that you could have said, and they cut that and just go to, did you know, because the truth is the editor comes up with the final wording. Yeah. Because they can edit it. Well, you might do a few different takes or whatever, and then you edit it in, and then you, I know plenty of people that told me that's not what I said, but this is how they, yeah. they, they, they yeah, cut yeah, it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, would, that would be interesting. Um, that Fresh Prince episode, course with Ben Vereen. I love when Godfrey did that. And I don't know what do you say? Uh to hell with him. Yeah. That 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 right there proved Will Smith's acting metal. Yeah, and that's when Will Smith went from being the French Prince of Bel Air to an actor. Yeah. Well I mean really like everybody yeah. saw it. There's no denying. You know it was bad boys with the shirt open running in slow mo to turn him into a movie star. But that moment turned him into an actor. And Will's always been good at being able to cry on cue. Some dudes, that's a gift, man. He's always been good at that. Um, did you like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? You know, I, I did, but I guess I was already, like, I was doing different stuff. And so I wasn't watching, again, that's, that's that 90s time. Uh, so you weren't really... I watched it in the beginning because I, I love, I thought the song uh, that, that this, I, I, first of all, uh, I thought they were interested in, there wasn't like a lot of hip hop. I mean, hip hop was there, but I mean like mainstream, that was a hit song on the mainstream. And when they right. used it to the theme song, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool because we hadn't really, you think about it, how many theme right. songs were like hip hop theme songs. Right. And so I was like, oh, what are they doing? You know, you want to check it out. But, uh, you know, I just really wasn't, I was trying to do other things at that time. How'd you feel about Barton? You like Barton? 
Martin, again, it, it falls into that same time same period thing. for me. I was doing other things, but Martin, I did like, but see, I liked him. I liked Bilal. I liked his character. Oh, <laughs> do the right thing. Do the right thing. Oh, I, no, 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 no. Uh, 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 House Party. House Party, yeah, sorry. Right. Yeah, and I, I used to watch House Party. I swear to you, uh, when, I was, when I wasn't watching TV and watching right. sitcoms, I would watch House Party. There's two, two shows I'd watch, like, at least once a month, which was Ferris Bueller's Day Off and House Party. Right. And I don't know why those are my two that I would go to at that time when I'm in my early 20s, but I would watch those all the time because – you know, everybody wants to be Ferris Bueller. And if you know what uh, Ferris Bueller is about, Ferris Bueller doesn't exist in real life. That's the person that we all imagine the person in high school uh, has a great life and they, everything goes their way. That's, that's who Ferris Bueller is. And the other guy is, the, is who we all are. We all have the hard time and struggle. And then House Party, it was just the fucking coolest movie, man. Dude, I'm telling you, I've said this before. I enjoy Martin in movies. The show... Just did, and I know that's blasphemous. Um, this is blasphemy. I was not, I, I was not a big Martin fan, man. Well, then you also put Tisha. Am I saying Tisha Campbell? Tisha Campbell. Tisha Campbell. I knew I was saying it wrong. Uh, in that with Martin, and now I'm looking at House Party, but I'm not right. getting House Party. I'm getting right. Martin, and so because I love House Party, I think it kind of just threw me off, and that was another reason why it wasn't the show that I was after you know uh it was a good show that when i would watch episodes it was always funny for the record uh i think tisha campbell is in co- she's sexy in comedy man she uh, martin damon wayans i forget what that my wife and kids and now she's on this new show on showtime with neil patrick harris she does comedy sexy to me yeah. i love tisha campbell man in comedy who was the the other the her girlfriend in house party oh uh my Tashina, no, in House Party. What was her name? And what happened to her? I know. Uh, she was also the mother in Baby Boy with Tyrese. And, you know, Ving Rhames is love interest. But goddamn, I thought you were talking about Tashina Arnold, her friend Pam and Martin. But no, I know who you're talking yeah. about. I just can't think of her name. Damn, I can't think of her name. I can look it up, but let's keep that. But that, that's, I, I liked Martin, but it, like, again, I was doing other things. It wasn't the time when right. I'm watching television. I was doing bad, I was doing wrong things that were going to get me in trouble. And right. I was looking for other stuff in life at that time. Uh, I wrote in here, I had a note when they mentioned the thing about living single versus friends. Yeah. And I think David Schwimmer said something about, why don't they come up? They should make a black, uh, an Asian version and a reboot that's yeah. black version. And, so, and that's when they said black Twitter went crazy. And somebody wrote, we already did. It was called Living Single. Yeah. And then, of course, he apologized. And he said, but he knew of Living Single. He knew it was there before that. Right. Uh, did you think he needed to apologize? I don't know why he said anything in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they need to, why don't they make, right? you, you know, hey, take what you got. <laughs> Right, and shut the fuck up. up. Yeah, and and you know, unless you want to produce the show, what are you talking about? But I gotta be honest with you, man. Uh, I, I I even when they tried to connect the two, I never saw those dots connected. I, I I just never saw. It's a sitcom, and it has six people on it. Right, and they're all trying to go through life about that same age. Three dudes, three girls living single was four girls, two guys. I just didn't make that connection. The man. relationships were completely different. The way the story is being told is completely different. Uh, New York is actually, you know, an integral part of like how they set it up. But I understand there is a connection, but 
then we could say that every every show that had three cameras is a three camera show is all connected. We we you know or you know every family show is a, is the same. I don't I don't think so. Every every uh, Western show during the fifties wasn't Bonanza, you know. The, the, but they were all Western shows, right? So I don't know that you can connect them, but I understand. They were at the same age, going through the same things, is what I think is. And I, I remember one of the one of the beefs on about friends was, there's no black people. How you live in New York City, and there's no black people. And eventually, that pressure forced them to use Aisha Tyler for a couple episodes. And she was on for I think almost the whole half of the season. Right. Uh, but I'm sitting here going, okay, you could almost say the same thing about living single. I hardly ever saw any white people on Living Single. And they're in New York and there's no white people. Now, I know there will, there will be black people to hear me say this and go, oh, man, you capping for white folks. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that I remember watching Living Single. You could count on one hand how many times you saw a white person. So I think sometimes, you know, this is one of those moments where it's like, are we really we, we going to play the race card? Well, but... Hey, I, I, living single popularity wasn't huge to the masses. And I think this is where the, the issues come in when you talk about racism and how it does affect. I get what you're saying and you correlate and you put those two together. But since it's a mass appeal and you have black support, because obviously black people are watching uh, in Living Color. I mean, I mean not in Living, no, not even living living, uh, uh, Friends. Black are people they- are watching. They must because they had, <laughs> dude. They had numbers that were insane. They did, but that don't mean that no, their no, demographic. I know. I'm, I'm listen. I'm sure there are black people that watch Friends. That will never admit it. But that, but <laughs> to the numbers, like of white people, no, no, not to the numbers, right? But if you have that kind of support and it's one of the most popular shows, how are you not representing it a little bit differently? I understand that. That's the same heat that Seinfeld got. Seinfeld, actually, if you watch them, even from the early episodes, but they're all these background characters because the... the like the and, lawyer. Yeah, these the main characters are established. So even to your point of in Living Color, once you establish the main color, it's Living Singles. There's too many of the same things sounding the same to me. It's going to fuck right, me up. Right. Living Single, too many... When you Once you establish the characters, the, the relationships are going to be towards what... The, the the characters are. So you're going to see a lot of the same kind of people because you're going to see people that are similar because that's how this story is set up. I'm not saying that no and one can to, have... To, to your to, to your point, that's a slice of how life is. Yeah. You know, yes, there are white people that have black friends, but probably more than more than more times than few, white people hang out with white people in large groups. Black people hang out with black people in large groups. Are there black people that have... That, that, that can be amongst each other and have a white friend or two, of course. But, you know, you go around what you know. Well, it depends on where you live, too. And the interesting part is, and, you know, I didn't say this to Neri, because Neri said something when he was on our podcast uh, last time, uh, how he hated friends. And, and then he goes, and there was never any black people or anybody, in get the fuck out of here. That show could never happen today because you can't, you can't be in New York and only white people. Um, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can. You, you absolutely can. I went to. I went to. I, 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 and I'm not knocking anybody, but I went to a a, a bridal, not a bridal, a, a baby shower or a baby birthday. That's what it was. It was a baby birthday. It was just one or two years old, uh, and it was a white girl, uh, single mom having this kid. And Tara was invited, so it's one. It's Tara's people, one of the whitest of the whites. And uh, I went there, and everybody 
in Central Park in that area that we were there and it was all for that party in that corner of Central Park. There wasn't a black person in that area. I think later, I think later, a little later, there was a couple that was black that came out and they, they did come. But for a long period of that party, no, right. you could, it would, you would have said, oh, that's all white. And then you look around. I mean, yeah, there was other parties. I saw, I, I saw a Hispanic party in the park and it was all Hispanics. And if you would have filmed the shot, right, it would have just been all Hispanics. And you would have said, oh, so there's only Hispanics in Central Park now? It'd be different if it was like you're showing the characters walking down the street in midtown Manhattan and nobody of color, then I'd be like, okay, there's something funny going on here. Seinfeld, you know, sometimes, and I will say in Seinfeld when you're watching, because it's on, it's not in Manhattan, it's on the universe, you know, so the universal lot. It's odd. a back lot. Yeah, so they're doing it on there. And, you know, but they, they would go into the store. But in the first, I don't know how many episodes, I didn't see a lot of black people, I didn't see a lot of Hispanic people. But as the show grew, and this is where I said again with friends, as the show grows and the representation, more people are watching it, yeah, you got to make sure that you're producing something that involves, I, I think, our society. And, right. you know, then there was, you know, the you would see the, the the bodega owner wasn't white when they went into the bodega. Right. They, you know, the the mom and pop store that was the tennis shoe store, that was a bunch of old white people. And they had right. that. So uh, the, the shoe store. But, you know, this is what I mean when, you know, um, as it takes on a life of its own and it's growing in popularity and it's becoming part of Americana that you're going right. to see. Yeah, it's good to have representation in there because you do owe it because it's going to be something that's on reruns. And you want you don't want to look look back at it and go, this show doesn't hold up anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two more quick notes. Uh, I remember me and you, you were going to start to get into this, and I said, let's save it for the podcast. The episode of Blackish, where Anthony Anderson is about to get on the elevator, and there's a little white girl child, and he decides, nope. Yeah. And what we had, we had, we had a difference of a, of opinion on that. Yeah, but I, I'm gonna say that I, I've changed my mind since I talked to you about that, because I'll tell you something that you're gonna go, you're gonna say I'm wrong on this, but I said you were wrong on what you said too, and I, I, I think it. There's a couple things that I, I can say, but go ahead. I want well, you. Well, no, it, it, it was, it was the crux of my argument was y you didn't think that that was either believable or or what would like what's the issue no i thought it was believable but i thought you know that's a decision you make and you said as a black man you wouldn't get on that elevator because because if, if something went wrong, wrong went wrong or something that white girl would have say something that's your ass well what i said to you is you said you did get on an elevator yeah i i i i, I forget where we were uh but I, yeah the elevator opens up and the girl probably was about six or seven she had a towel around. It looked like she just came out the pool. And, you know, I got in prior to seeing that episode or that moment. And I never really thought about that. And I, I just, I never even thought about it that way. But then after seeing that clip from that episode, I went, oh, shit. Okay. And so I said, but I said, your response was the right response. You can't be worried about the other girl. She should get in there. And then I, I had to think back on my life. Right. And there is a time when I remember a little girl in the elevator by herself. And right. I was very uncomfortable. I didn't think about it either. I got on the elevator. Right. I was very uncomfortable because I'm riding up the elevator and she started, the little girl said something to me. What'd she say? She goes, hi, just hi. And now what do you do? Now you're on an elevator. And, and, <laughs> and here it is. And it's also, oh, and so I was going to say this. I do understand your point, And I do understand his point because not only are you a man with a little girl, 
and anything could be said. You know, that girl fell down in that elevator. And she was just playing, and, and right. she slipped, and she fell. And she's crying, and the elevator opens up, and you're standing there, and the little girl's crying. What do you do? Right. <laughs> so I, I, I rethought it and I, because I, I remembered me being uncomfortable and thinking, you know, she said hi, and I go, I don't want to have a conversation with her. Because if I have a conversation, then what are people going to say? Like, what if she gets off the elevator on the same floor? And we're not, you know, it's it, it's very, right, right. It, there's, it's not comfortable. You know what, dude? I swear I didn't ever think about it like that. But from this moment forward, I'm not doing that. Well, I'll tell you this. This is the other part that I had. Elevators are usually all cameras, cameras recorded. So possibly you might be in the safest place with that kid. You know, if you walk down the hallway with her. If there's a camera. If there's a camera uh, that's working. <laughs> or right. if they can find right. <laughs> after right. something if something right. went wrong. But I I mean the the my my point was you should be able to just get on the you were a good person, there's right. no problem. But then when I thought about it, I go, no, I remember that experience now. I had to think about it and right. I went, oh no, there was a time when this happened and you were I was like I said to myself, you you were uncomfortable, Andy. Don't right. say, don't say Aries, that was the right that you should think about it because Oof. like you said, she came back from the pool. What if she slips and she's on there and she's crying and you, you, you don't help her. You stand on the corner, you go, you go over to help her. But then people say, that you, dude, this is there, There's the, what if you help her to get up and ding the, the door, door open. open and she's, ah! Oh, uh, this is a true story. I used to tell this on stage. It was a joke right. that I used to do, but I worked at, uh, uh, at the breakfast place that I worked at. And the bathroom door and the women's door was really weird. When you when you went to leave, you turned the handle and it wouldn't unlock. But if you turn the handle up instead of, instead of down, it would unlock. Mm. And people would get stuck in there all the time. And sometimes I'd hear a woman in there get, you know, help, I can't get out. And I'd just, I'd go over to the door and I'd say, hey, just turn the handle up. And they'd turn it up and then they come out all goofy like, Oh, I'm locked in the bathroom. And I said, I'm sorry. It's something's wrong with that. We, right. we need to get that changed. Right. So I'm there. I'm at the restaurant. And the re the bathrooms are behind the rest. Like, you have to go around kind of the back of the side of the restaurant. So th there's no one there. You can't see the where the bathrooms are, as in most restaurants. But it's in the back. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm serving. And I hear this little, help, help. Like a, like a little girl. Yeah, like, right. help, help, yeah. help. And I go, oh, man, and a little girl's stuck in there. So right. I just go back there and go, hey, you, you need to turn the handle up. And she goes, I can't get out. And I see, and I can see the, you can see the handle on the other side move. So she turned it down again. And I go, no, you got to turn it up, turn it up. And I see her trying to turn it up. And maybe because the way she gripped it, she couldn't get it all the way up. So, it, right. so I went to help the, the handle up. And as soon as I did that, the door opens up and it's me. And I'm in, I'm younger, but I'm in a full big black, beard with a little bit of gray not right. a little bit of black and an all gray right, beard right, right. and i have my big hair on and the door hits and the girl pulls it open because she's all scared and then she sees me and she screamed screamed, screamed dude and then she started to run past me to go to her parents table and i didn't want anybody to think anything happened so i ran after her going i She's just scared. She was in the bathroom. She was just scared. And I'm like, this is worse. You're making it worse. Right, right, right. And so, yeah, these moments, you know. Yeah, dude. So if it was a little kid by themselves, first of all, the parents should be not let the little kid go by themselves, number one. But I know you might be going up to a floor and you just go just up. You think they're going two floors. Who's going to get on the right, elevator? And then someone right. gets on the other. But again, now that you said it, now that I saw that, even, and, and then I, the extra being black on top of it. Right. right. So I'll give that to you now right. and I'll say it because even as uh, you, you think about what could happen and in this world today. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't Dude, want I'm telling you that fucked me up. Cause I was like, 
when they showed that, I was like, what, what, okay, get in an elevator. I was like, yo, right. Yeah. yeah. She falls down. She slips. Yeah, she slips and you have to, this is what's so sad about it though. She slips. You're a good person and you have to decide. Do I go help her and take a chance that the elevator door is opening? Or do I just sit here and when the door opens and everybody's hearing her scream go, she fell down. I didn't Well, they touch alluded her. to also, what if when the door opened, she was like a lost child? You're not helping? Yeah, you're not helping. Yeah, you don't help. I, you know, damn. I, I, you know, I guess now if that, that was the case, maybe you put your hand in the door and you, you see if there's a woman there. You know, if there's a woman there, you go, hey, you know, uh, she's in this elevator by herself. <laughs> But you know, I'd be very, uh, I'd be, I'd be super hesitant, man. How do you do that? But then, like you said, she goes down, and then it's the, the the creepos on the next floor, right? Mm. I, I don't know, man. That's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, uh, insecure. Uh, you said you never really got into that. It's a ray insecure to show. Yeah, I never, I, I never. It, it, but you know what? I'm gonna put it like this: How you just said. That that 90s time you were doing shit. Dude, there's a lot of these sh black shows that are out now. I probably should watch that I don't watch, like Atlanta. I know that's a big one. I, 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 I just have not have, had any interest to see that show. I think we should put Atlanta on our list and we should watch the first season. Right. I really do, because I've seen parts of it i never seen it and, and people have to understand like when once we get into our traveling and we're in the like right now we're like week after week after week it's hard to have a series that you're on and that's why you binge right. because you want to be able to sit down when and I'm get it home and relax because otherwise right. it comes out and you're not there and then you try to get back home but then maybe some things are going on right. then you're on the road again it's it's hard to to follow a show like a regular traditional way of watching a show and right. i get it and i understand why you binge now but uh, I think we should put Atlanta on the list, binge it, and, and talk about it. There's a couple shows that I, I'm, I'm going, dude, how are you not watching this? Sh the, the, the Shy? Yeah. The, the show about Chicago? Yeah. I've never seen that. I've seen some of those. It was, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. okay. No, I mean, it's worth watching, but I just don't have time for a show like that. Yeah, that's why, that's why I'm saying, like, the way you said, you know, the 90s, I just was, like, right now, I, I, I don't know. I but then I go, I make time for what I make time for. Okay, right. Winning time. But because it affects, it's personal to us. It affects us in a different way. I'm watching The Bear right now. It's about Chicago. The Bear? Yeah, yeah it's about the uh, a chef, and he comes back home. He was a Michelin uh, chef. Uh, he worked in a Michelin restaurant, and now he, and he basically took over his dad's sandwich shop when his dad died. Right. But I'm... I'm in the, you know, that, that was an industry that's really close to my heart in, in the, right. and I understand some of the guys that are chefs and the guys that, you know, can make the, there's, there's to take your gourmet and all your training and, and put that into a sandwich. It, to me sounded like an interesting right. thing, believe it or not. So I'm, I'm watching it, but it is easier to binge it and I'm not watching it right now. I'm going to binge it because right. it's a lot easier. Uh, but I would like to, I would like to uh, watch some shows that I have, but the one you just mentioned, uh, I tried to watch it. What was it? Insecure. Yeah, I watched. I, I tried to watch it when it first came out because I was home and I was watching. <laughs> it wasn't for. Yeah, I'd like it to. Wasn't see, for it you. wasn't for me. I don't know. Maybe it was for someone. Maybe it, it was very specifically. I felt it was very. It, it was for a black audience. Right. And there's some shows that are for a black audience, and I'm like, oh, I'm into that show. Yeah. But this one had so much, and it was younger. It was aimed at a younger group of people. So right. it's aimed at a black younger group, and I'm an old white guy. It was right. kind of not in my wheelhouse anymore. Right. Um, 
Any interest in Pose? Pose? Yeah. You know that show? I, I've I've seen. Yeah, I, I saw the. <laughs> you know that's the kind of thing that if it was on, you just said it. I'm only doing it because you just said that's not for me. Yeah. If it was on though, and it came on, I would. You wouldn't even go. I need to see what this is about. I might check it out to see what it's about. You watch? I know. No. No. <laughs> you wouldn't even if it came on and you're sitting there. You wouldn't go. What the fuck is this? No. Dude, when they show the previews, I'm like, get a motherfucking remote. Listen, did you ever see uh, Tu Wong Fu with Love? I did. Okay, that isn't for you. That I mean, it was for us. It was made for a general audience. But it's 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 out there, dude. One, it was a comedy, a, yeah. a little yeah. bit, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's, I, you know. Leguizamo's in it. Leguizamo, I like Leguizamo. I love Wesley Snipes. Snipes. Okay. So, yeah, I was, I was, I was, and listen, that's an hour and a half of my life that is over when the popcorn is over. <laughs> I, to commit to a weekly fucking season one, season two of... The first episode I, comes up, you don't want to just go, what? Let me let me see. I, I would check out the first... If it was if episode one or two where, it's, where I could follow the, the, the story, I would check it out if I was watching it. But I'm, again, this is not a show that I'm probably going to go seek out. If that was a neighborhood I had to go through to get to my destination, <laughs> I would take a helicopter. Last thing I want to say, because I just think this is important. You know, this, let me go back to good times for a second. You know, this, that whole thing about how they wanted, they want John Amos to be in the show and they wanted Evans to be a fatherless family. Uh, I read a statistic that said that stereotype is overblown. Yeah. That the stereotype that black fathers don't exist and aren't in the homes is overblown. That's up there with, uh, Black people in food stamps. More white people are on, oh, not food stamps, welfare. More white people are on welfare than black people. But it, again, more people are, but it's percentage-based also. You can't, this is, what's, this is what I always say when people have these conversations. You have to put parameters on it because are we going to say more people? Because there's more white people. So if there's, more, if there's poverty and there's some, something to get if there's payments on it and there's more of them, there probably is going to be more. Percentage-wise, it's not it's not off the charts. It's it's it, it kind of balances. Right. I don't I don't have the exact numbers for me, so I'm not going to say that. But uh, we're affected by poverty, all of us. But here's what I would say: I think with the stereotype and what they try to do, and here's why I think this stereotype exists, and I think that this is a white American thing. I think this is part of racism, is that uh, there wasn't uh, in 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 the 90s, when there was a lot of incarceration going on in our country, is when this statistic came out, and it was a big deal about no black men in the homes. Well, a lot of them were in prison because of the laws that were written that if you had almost no drugs on you, that, oh, that's you, better. that you go to prison. <laughs> no, but so what I'm saying is, right. I think instead of saying, hey, we're incarcerating so many black people, there's no black men in the homes, they said black men aren't taking care of their children. And when you change the narrative, that's when I say that's directly racist. You change the narrative. If they were in prison, how were they going to be at home? And how did they get to prison? And what laws were created to put them in prison? Right. And that happens to be Joe Biden, by the way, too. <laughs> With Hillary Clinton. The Clintons. The Clintons and, and the Bidens. That was a law that, I, you know, I don't want to, I'm not trying to, 
listen, he does enough stuff that's goofy. Ah, uh, I, I, I don't think that the, I don't think that any guys, these two last people that were our presidents have any business running again. I don't think that they have any business running again. I think that we, uh, that America, listen, I'm going to say this real quick. This has really nothing to do with the podcast, but I'm going to say it like this. 70 something years old. Biden. Biden, 76, 77. Uh, mm. Trump, same, you know, basically the same. Listen, man. They couldn't find our podcast. If you can't find a podcast, I don't think you should be president. I think that as, as, as technology moves and you don't understand the technology, yes, you have to understand the world, finance, and they do that. I get that. But there's other smart people that are coming up that know how to do that. And they know how to work a cell phone. They know how to walk across a stage. They know how to speak in a way that is, is inclusive to the majority of the people. Yeah, we need people that that can be part of what is happening now. Because we know the past is fucked up. We need to go forward. And these people are still in the past. We need to go forward. That's all. Go back to this. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm done. Uh, are you done? I'm yeah. sorry. I, I just had to say that because both of these guys, and I'm fucking with both of them now on, on what I don't like about them. Man, you know, it's it, it might not be that I don't like them. Their time has passed. And yeah, and, and we need some people that are current and can and can look at how things are happening today and how that's going to affect the world and make those changes. Jeez, man, these guys. Well, I hope whoever is our next president, they ban AI. Fuck AI. I know that's something I wanted us to get into, but we're already on the strike. The, yeah, the strike, AI technology, because I've been do, looking at looking at some more stuff and some more research about AI and you know, the, the 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 thing they showed on the news with Fran Drescher and how disgusted she was and she was giving them the verbal business that you should be ashamed, this is disgusting. So many of the comments from people were like, this is the death of Hollywood. Like, like the regular people that ain't even in Hollywood, it's like, fuck AI, yo. Because it's just like, what if, what if this replaces actors? Basically, the studio is going, yo, here's our deal. We want to be able to use your likeness, pay you to work one time. We own your likeness, and we want to be able to use it over and over and over again without your permission, and you won't get paid. See, this has already been decided, though. I just want to say this, and I don't understand why they're having a problem with the idea of this. Um, Back to the Future 2. Greedy motherfuckers. Back to the Future 2. The guy who plays the dad. The dad. In the movie. In the movie. Okay. Um, he didn't want to do Back to the Future 2, so he wasn't in the movie. But they went and got scenes from the year before. They recut those, and they had a little bit of, you know, computer technology, and they put him back in the movie saying what they wanted him to say, and he sued. He won because he said he didn't want to be in the movie, and they had to pay him for being in the movie even though they used all old footage. So this has kind of already been dis- – there, there's precedent is what I'm saying that's already out there for this. But with the technology that exists today? It, it's even worse, and now they are looking for the way to, to go around that thing where you have to have permission and then you have to pay them for being on it. You have to pay them. So, but here's the, here's the thing. This is just the tip, man. This is what people, this Please is, don't say that. This is the tip, man. It's just the tip because why do you need anybody? If you have AI technology, if you have AI technology, why, why do you need anybody? 
for the reason that everybody in the comments section said. Before I even say that, let me say this. Annie and I saw the latest Indiana Jones movie. And of course, the first good portion of the movie is, uh, is it AI or CGI? CGI. CGI Harrison Ford Younger. With the filter. With a filter. While it did look amazing in the sense that, wow, that's what they're doing, you could tell there's, there's an authenticity to being authentic. What acting is, what performance is by an actual human being, soul, passion, emotion, you, you can't you can't generate that. Yeah, but they'll, they'll get there. Look, they they weren't they weren't here. Remember what the dinosaurs looked like in the first one. Look at the dinosaurs now. But but, but we're buying into that make believe. Okay, but what I'm saying. What is, I'm saying is, I don't mean to cut you off. No, okay. Would you want to go? Who's your favorite? Paul Giamatti. Yeah, you love Paul Giamatti. I, I think Paul. You Giamatti love Bill good. Murray. Yeah. You would be okay with buying a movie ticket to see an AI performance no. by Paul Giamatti? No, not at all. But there's places I think AI belongs and places it doesn't. I don't think it belongs where you're talking about. But I'm saying they're going to try to in- incorporate this into everyone. I would like an AI judge. <laughs> an AI jury. You know, people that have they have access to all the information in the world because of the AI you program. But but here's a, here's a, who's program who's giving them the program. There you go. So this gets very difficult. There you go. But this is what's going to make this very difficult. Niggas are never get th- this, uh, not guilty. This is a different kind of <laughs> this is a different kind of episode because we should do this as an episode. But uh, I'm working on that joke that I'm doing now when I'm talking about the pandemic and the pandemic and, right. and who's controlling the world. And that's what this is about when we get to the AI and then and, and see. The I never even thought about that before. I quickly went AI jury. Hold up, niggas, slow up. Who's programming this shit? Yeah. Maybe we need an AI program or the program well, AI. See, well, the AI technically is supposed to be able to dump into our internet and get all the information that's available. And they have all the information. So an AI judge, if if, if it was getting the right information, but how do you know it's so th- it, this is where it gets complicated. So, but they can replace every field. They can replace every field. And this is where it's going to get very difficult. And this is there's going to be I see like an A seriously I see like an AI uh, department where it's all the fields, and then you have like some humans running the top of that. This it's not it's very it's very scary if you really get as deep as I. Oh, it's a shame we do it to ourselves. You know when we were in Irvine, uh, I remember I drove somewhere. You were in the room as I was uh, trying to get into the parking structure. A guy, a white guy was trying to leave the parking structure. And, you know, everything is, you, you don't talk to humans anymore. So remember how complicated it was for me to figure out how we get the fuck out of the gate? I get the, the dude was trying to figure the same thing out. Finally, when he got it to work and the gate opened, as he drove out, I heard him go, fucking machines. It's just like, dude, the, the human connection. We are getting so far away from the human connection. I'm getting so tired of when I call something, call a place, I got to talk to a machine or hear a machine, auto prompts, only to eventually talk to the person, a human, who asks the same fucking questions. Okay, but here's, this is this is what makes it even worse. They know there's no human connection and they're okay with it because they're saving tons of money with no humans because you have to talk to a machine and then they only have a certain amount of humans that you get to. What they're doing now, and I don't know, I'm sure everybody's seen this, anything that you do, anywhere you go eat, anywhere that you go get a service provided, and anywhere that they have your email, they're sending you uh, a, a, a survey 
You're working for the company afterwards. They're sending you a survey. How did we do today? You're working for the company during. Yeah, because you're doing all your bagging of your own groceries. When we were in the airport, those little places where you go buy like, you know, waters and little snacks, they have the thing where you, the kiosk that you work yourself, but there's a human next to it. Yeah, just make your case. What what are we doing? The human can watch several people. That's all. (laughs) Dude, I'm telling you. It, it, we're entering a new oh, phase. This is scary, man. And it's not going to have. And, and they're trying to. They're trying to get the money to be reprogrammed. We're 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 in trouble, dude. Listen, when you go see a movie, take two great actors, put a scene together with uh, Viola Davis, like Fences, Viola Davis and Denzel. Is the AI going to create the snot that's all over Viola Davis's face and the tears when she said, "I've been mean, standing in the same place for eighteen years. I've been standing with you." That that is a human fucking instinct, gut, soulful performance. AI can't do that. If the AI watches that movie oh, and then Jesus. watches all the other movies that are like it, it could say, hey, we need to put some snot in the nose right there. It could because it's watching what we do. This is what's very scary. Oh, Jesus, dude. I, not, I'm telling you. Not this- to mention actors is going to need day jobs. If they talk about we're going to pay you once and then after that, use your likeness without your permission, you're done. You don't going to need day job. You can't survive as an actor. No. That's why I was glad when, when they said actors are joining the writers in this strike. Matt Damon is stepping up. I, I think, I, I really, man, because they said Hollywood's going to be shut down for three months. They stopped production on Deadpool 3. Yep. Dude, when I say it's just a tip, and the reason the actors got into this is because right now, an AI, if you put the right things into it, can you give it the idea for the script, and it will produce the script for you. And you don't have to take the first one. You could ask for 10 scripts, and then they could say, okay, we like this part, this part, this part, and then they can do it completely without the writer. It's a writer, just like the actor and the comedian and the stage performer. Writing is an art. It is a hard art and talent. It comes with what you think and what you feel. That's horrible. But then the people in Hollywood that make the decisions, they're not about the art. They're about how to get people and watching the movie. So they, they, so they can cut that out and use the computer. That's crazy. And what the, what the actors figured out is that's technology got them to the point where it could write the script. The actors are just finding out that the technology is in the coming in the future that can replace them. And that's why they're joining the strike. This has got to stop. This has got to fucking stop. I, I, I And what makes me so angry about it is not because I'm looking at it like, oh, my God, my future, my future. No, fuck me. I'm a fan of this art form. I, I'm, 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 I love this art form. I, I, can't, I think it would be crazy for me to go, yeah, let me, let me get a ticket to go see this movie with Denzel, and it ain't Denzel. Eddie Murphy, and it ain't Eddie Murphy. That's insane. That's insane. Is the AI going to come up with, uh, let me see uh, Victor Maitland. Tell him I have Ruplex Tiplex Tim. <laughs> Probably not. Come on, man. Probably not. Chris Tucker and Faison and Money Talks. Hey, where your shirt at? Come on, man. Yeah, but if it's a movie that has three uh, three movies, three times, it's already been out three times. It's what, 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 Raiders of the Lost Ark has, what, four or five? Uh, to my Indiana Jones, yeah, Indiana Jones five. five. So they already know the the, the computer knows the pattern, knows the whole storyline, uh, knows the actors. That should be scary for us as comedians. 
It's because true. now you, there's no way you AI comedy. That is a fucking guttural mental. You can go gift. to the, you can go to the, the 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 chat the the computer and you can ask it to write a joke. You can give it a premise and it'll write a joke for you. I'm telling you, it can. It does it. The day AI can write like Dave and Patrice, Bill Burr, I'm done. I'm done. A, 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 that, that that's I'm done. This hour podcast is now because this is it's a serious. We're talking about serious things. We're already at. I'm done. I'm done. No, no, no. I'm done. I'm just saying that's how serious this is. We can make this another episode because we need to talk about this (laughs) because it's it's for real. This is easy to get into this hole because it's something that we know is coming. How are we going to deal with it? The only thing AI can do for me, if it can do it, is make my dick bigger. And that it won't do for you, but it can project an image of you that has a bigger dick. So you can look at it and be disappointed with that your AI image is better than you are. <laughs> <All right. laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's the show. Let's see what we're we're gonna be, man. Uh this week. Well, before AI replaces us. Uh hilarious. We're in Sacramento recording this, but we're gonna be at the Houston Improv, July 20th to the 23rd. Guys, looking forward to being out there. Please come on and support. Love that room. Uh, July 27th through the 30th, we're going to be at the Comedy Zone in Jacksonville, Florida. In Florida, Upper Florida. Is it the upper regions of Florida? It's the North Florida. It's the South, up north. August 30, uh, August 3rd through the 5th, we're going to be at Mike Drop in San Diego, California. That's Mike Drop in San Diego, California, August 3rd through the 5th. It's a cool room. Can't wait to get back and see Casey. August 11th through the 13th, we're going to be in Raleigh Improv in Cary. Even though it's Raleigh, but it's in Cary. Uh, and we're going to go to Dane's Soul, Soul Food. Is it, Dane, is it Soul Food or is it just Dane's? Dane's. 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 Yeah, and yeah. that's the chicken and waffle place. Oh, the velvet fucking pancakes. I remember the name. Oh, no, Dane's. almond butter. Yeah, all different flavors uh, of butter. Uh, but, oh. Butter flavors. Oh. Uh, great uh, grits. Greatest shrimp and grits I ever had, unlike what we had here in Sacramento. We forgot to talk about that, but oh, God. We, that tasted AI. Yeah, we're gonna we're we'll we'll talk about that uh, on a later edition. Uh, yeah, you know what? No, I'm not gonna get into it. I almost went back to the beginning. I wish I would have remembered so I could have said it because that would have been a nice setup for it. Uh, let's see, August 17th through the 20th, we're gonna be at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm looking forward to getting back there, man. We had really good shows last time we were in mm-hmm. Charlotte. Uh, really can't wait to get back there again. And then August 24th to the 27th, we're gonna go all the way back. To Northern California. We're going to go to Tommy T's in Pleasanton, California. And I'm wearing my shirt for the last date that I'm going to give you. Uh, Pat's king of uh, king yeah. steaks. We're going to be at Helium in uh, in Philadelphia, August 31st through September 3rd. I made a cheesesteak after me called the Rocco Steak. Half of the fucking sandwiches like linked over. Like it's got a sandwich, looks like it's got a stroke, you know. <laughs> well, that's the name of his turtle, anyway. Yeah, stroke. No, Link. Oh, Link. Yeah, yeah Link. That's right. Cuff yeah. and Link. Cuff and Link, you know. All right, that's it, man.
to do face to face. No, I don't. I don't like that way. I don't like to see the face. Nina. Nope. <laughs> That's crazy. Look. You can get a doggy style, you can get Ling on your side. Those are your only choices. This is my house and I get the say. Got it? 